Chargers head coach Brandon Staley had a lot to say at his end-of-the-year press conference, but there was one area of the team he said must improve before the 2022 season. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joining us always my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons. Hey, we're heading into our sixth season covering the Chargers and our fifth season going into rank covering them for the Lockdown Chargers Podcast, your team every day. And thank you guys for making us your first listen as always. And thank you guys for checking us out during the offseason because it's another reminder that we'll be here throughout the entire thing, every, every day, day of the week, you know, so we have a lot to get into, but Brandon Steele, did have his final press conference of the season. So that'll be the focus of today's show, because there were some interesting nuggets when you're sifting through the Staleyisms and trying to, you know, figure out the, if he's insulting players and things like that in the nicest Brandon Staley way possible. But if you guys want to make sure you never miss a show, make sure to go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube page and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. So one of the things he did talk about, David, that I alluded to in the intro was the focus on the defensive front and adding players there and getting much better there, which I do think they need to add a lot of players. But it's nice to see that's on the, you know, the forefront of what the process is and also just them doing what they did last year offensively in the offseason this year doing that defensively and, and really solidifying things because they really did do that for the offense. We'll also talk about what he said about Justin Herbert and their ability to kind of keep his growth going and what he had to say about a lot of players like Mike Williams. What he said in this press conference, does that mean he's coming back for sure, right? What do you say about Uchenu and Wusu, Jerry or struggling players like Jerry Tillery and Michael Davis, right? But I do want to start with what he had to say about the defensive front, David, just because it's obvious to everyone who watches, right? And I think for me, it's less, I mean, it is about the defensive front, of course, but I think it's just in general adding defensive, you know, impact players, you know, for yeah. lack of a better term, because one of the things you did say do is just, just the quality of the guys that you're bringing on, not necessarily what side of the ball it is, but it is going to be an importance on the defensive side. And he did say that there's a lot to do there. He said it's hugely important to add to that. And I think we all saw that with the run defense and obviously not getting enough pressure. It's a full package with that front seven that has to be much better in 2022 and they're planning on making it that way. Which is music to my ears, Daniel. Uh, I mean, the fact that the head coach is coming out and acknowledging the biggest area of concern for your team to me, uh, which, like you said, seems abundantly clear to everyone. <laughs> that's just awesome to hear that your head coach is going to say, hey, I'm going to go out there and our singular focus is going to be adding talent. It's going to be adding guys that are going to fit our scheme. It's going to be guys that are going to play the way that we want to go out there and play defense. And so they're going to be able to go orchestrate and, and execute that defense the way that Brandon Staley intended. And he was asked specifically about that. If the team would try to go for players that maybe fits his scheme a little bit better. Daniel Popper asked about, you know, there's a lot of guys headed into free agency, Limbaugh, Joseph, Justin Jones, Kazir White, just to name a few, are you going to now try to maybe overturn that side of things and really bring in more guys who fit what you want to do defensively? Because obviously the defense wasn't anywhere near as good as it should be with Brandon Staley at the helm, obviously, you know, after leading the number one defense in the NFL in the 2020 season, having the disaster that was this year 
but there's a lot that went into it, right? But he did say that, yeah, it is a huge opportunity to find those guys and to bring in quality guys on that side of the ball. And he also said it reminds him what they did last year offensively. And when you think yeah. back to the Chargers offense, David, last year, they had a lot of solid players, Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. They also had a terrible offensive line, and they heavily invested in it, and they turned it into one of the elite offenses in the NFL with Justin Herbert, you know, and the struggles he was going to have in his second year, which no one can remember now because he was so great, and with the frustrations of Joe Lombardi sometimes and just the you know average depth of target and not going downfield enough, it was still an elite defense, and he came through with that side of the equation, right? And to see what they could do potentially if they decide to put that kind of effort and that kind of capital because it wasn't just the Rashawn Slaters, right, as your number one pick. Three of your top four picks you used on the offensive side of things. The biggest signing that you had came at center with Corey Lindsley. The second biggest signing that you had came at left guard with Matt Filer, right? So if they decide to do that on the defensive side of things and let Brandon Staley start playing around with that because he knew he had to get Justin Herbert, right, and we'll talk about that after this. Now, Will they be able to go spend on some guys that can really be impact players for this defense, which it really desperately needs? That's what's so exciting about Brandon Staley acknowledging this is because he said, hey, you know, I got to go out there and fix this offense. I got to get a, get these guys in place to you know go out there and, and really give Justin Herbert the best opportunity to go out there and execute the offense and go out there and put up big, big numbers, which he definitely did. And, you know, that focus was reverberated through all the decisions that they made. They bring in key guys, spend big money on uh, on investing on that offensive line, both in the draft and free agency. If they take that same approach on defense with that track record of success that we have now seen from the moves that they made last year, that's just really, really exciting as a Chargers fan because that is the that's what it's going to take. I mean, th- this was one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Don't get me wrong. The pass numbers, the run numbers, they were not good enough. So they have to bring in a lot of guys that are going to be able to come in here and play on this defense the way Brandon Staley wants it. But it's exciting because they've already shown that if they set their mind to something, that they can make big improvements very quickly. When going back to the offensive side of things with Justin Herbert, it was funny because it almost seemed like he was kind of pushing back a little bit on maybe the criticisms of the Chargers offense. And when he was asked about, you know, what he was doing as a head coach. He had, you know, no qualms about saying what he thought, you know, they did under him with that Chargers offense. And what he said was, I feel like we created a structure that allowed Justin Herbert to throw for 5,000 yards and set a franchise record throwing the football and being one of the elite players in the game. We had to get that right. And I know that we got that right, right? So that was funny to kind of hear him so, you know, confidently just say like, hey, we did this on the offensive side of things. Well, he's like, hey, we had 2,000-yard receivers who had career years. We had a running back that, you know, scored 20 20 touchdowns. touchdowns. He was very, very quick to to comment on all of the successes of, you know, the Chargers offense. And by all accounts, if you look at all the numbers, you know, despite the frustrations on some of the play calls here and there from Joe Lombardi throughout the year – this Chargers offense was one of the most prolific in the NFL, bar none. Absolutely. And I think that's another thing, too, is like hopefully, you know, with Joe Lombardi, they can build on that, right? And the whole yeah. thing was being able to – he came in as a defensive coach, and the biggest question was how are you going to make our defense good? The biggest question was how are you going to handle the Justin Herbert situation because we have a diamond in the rough, you know, kind of a player, a once-in-a-generation yeah. type of a player, and we have to make sure we don't mess that up. Well, they didn't slow him down any in his second season, right? And they obviously had some offensive limitations from a personnel standpoint as well, just 
as far as missing guys with the characteristics that can do certain things for your offense, like, you know, stretching the field or being able to create yards after the catch and having just explosive players with the ball in their hands. Because I think that's part of you. If you want to run a short route kind of an offense, you better get some guys that can do something with it after those short receptions when you're running so many of them and that kind of thing, right? But they did do a good job with the RPOs and what they did with Justin Herbert specifically to kind of accentuate a lot of the things he does well. Maybe the one that they need to do better at, right, to make their offense be able to reach the optimum, you know, potential of what it has, and that's using Justin Herbert's big arm as much as possible. Yeah. And even though he actually had a better average depth of target this year than he did in his first season, you always want to see more, right? And you know that this offense can be more explosive and not need 15 plays to get down the field on any given drive, right? But there was a lot he had to say, and a big part of that was what they did with their rookie class. So I think it's important to talk about, you know, is this rookie class a lot better than the one they drafted last year? Because last year they had Justin Herbert, right? But did they get more total contributions out of this year's rookie class? Besides that. Exactly. And he had a lot to say about the rookie class, a lot of good things to say, and including a lot of players, you know, that are heading into free agency, or maybe that had some struggles and what he expects from them going forward. So I definitely have to touch on those things because it's probably the last time we're really going to get an in-depth press conference from Brandon Staley like this, an hour-long press conference. I don't think we're seeing many more of those coming. But I do need to tell Chargers fans that if you guys are going to get ready to bet on the playoffs and the Super Bowl, which is the number one betting day to bet on any sports of all time, there's one place you guys have to check out, and that's OnlineGambling.com. We thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving bettors the edge throughout the playoffs. They're providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help you guys make the best bets as informed as ever. And one thing that I had to definitely do when I was getting into sports betting was find some places that could tell me how to do it and what the best bets were. And that's where you're going to find from OnlineGambling.com. And the Super Bowl is coming up fast. And if you guys want to know who they think are going to make it to the Super Bowl, you can go to onlinegambling.com slash NFL and go to their OG tips page. That's where you're going to find the best advice for who they think is going to make it. If you guys want to put some bets down on that. For me, I said yesterday, I mean, I think at this point I'm saying Chiefs and Packers. And I don't know if I said yesterday, but I'm going to say that the Packers that beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and that might be a little biased for me, but I think the Packers have what it takes. I think if they can make it through the NFC and some of those tougher teams that could give them a tough matchup, I think that they can be a Chiefs team. Now, we've seen, obviously, have some down performances this year, but make sure you guys go to OnlineGambling.com to see what they have to say about that big game coming up because they're obviously the experts. But if you're planning on placing a bet during the playoffs, make sure you head to OnlineGambling.com before you do to make sure you have all the information that you need. Make sure to visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL for all the latest gambling news, tips, and info to beat the odds and give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, that's OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to make the most out of this year's playoffs. I was going to tell you guys about my favorite app right now, and that's the GetUpside app. And what the GetUpside app is going to do for you is going to help my listeners save up to 25 cents per gallon every time they go to the gas tank. And I know, go fill up the gas tank. And that's something that all of us hate right now, I think, for the most part, especially those of us that are living in California is anytime I go to the gas pump, I shed one single tear for the price that ends up on it. But one thing that's helped with that is the GetUpside app, which you can find on the Google Play Store or the App Store because I'm saving money every time. So even though it's like an egregious price, I'm still paying. I feel so much better about at least I'm not paying full price, right? And I'm a bargain guy. So when I can get a discount on something, I'm going to find it. And the best news is since you guys listen to this show, if you use the promo code touchdown on the GetUpside app, you can get up to 50 cents back on your first fill up, take 50 cents off the egregious number that you see on that board when you hit up the gas pump. And right now, guys, you guys can get 
to the GitHub sign up with no downside because if you get it, you'll start saving money right away and you can get it to your bank account through PayPal. You can also get it on Amazon gift cards or other big brand gift cards. There's really no downside to it. If you're a rideshare driver, you can save up to hundreds of dollars a month and make sure when you guys get the GitHub sign up, use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, all caps, one word, to save up to 50 cents per gallon on that first fill up. All right, David. Well, we talked about, you know, what Brandon Staley had to say, generally speaking, about the defense and the offense. And one of the things that I was excited that he talked about was the rookies and specifically what they got out of the rookies. And I mean, let's talk about him. You have Rashawn Slater, who he said is an all pro. You have Asante Samuel Jr., who's a starting corner in the NFL, which is really, really tough to do as a rookie. And he said, just look at last year's class of rookies before Asante Samuel Jr. and how they did their first season. It's not an easy thing to do. A lot of good corners this year with Patrick Sertan, Eric Stokes, Sante Samuel Jr. These guys were definitely the exception this year. But you also have guys like Trey McKitty, who he said started at tight end. You have Josh Palmer, who filled in, I think, in a big way. I mean, if you look at Josh Palmer's first season compared to Mike Williams' first season, it's not even close as far as production goes. He had a much better season, a much healthier season. They probably had the best hands on the team, or at least the most reliable hands. And that's, you know, with Keenan Allen having 10 drops, that conversation starts coming up, you know, a lot more easily, you know, who has the best hands on the team. But I do think there is, you know, he's right about that and what they got out of their rookies. And I think this is one of the better immediate classes that they've gotten in recent years when you're getting that production out of, you know, the picks that you got in the first three rounds. Well, it's not just the production from the picks. It's the production at the positions that they got those picks at. And how important those picks were. Premium positions, for sure. Premium positions and unequivocally the most important needs that needed to get filled. Left tackle, the position you've been looking to address for years. I mean, for, for it seems like decades mm-hmm. as a Chargers fan. That there's only been a couple of really good left tackles. The last one I remember is Marcus McNeil. And so the Chargers have been really trying to find a guy to have that will play at that level and they found that and more. Rashawn Slater is an animal. I mean, he is what you dream of when you are building a left tackle. Arm length be damned. Uh, and mm-hmm. by the way, thank you, Matt Rule, for thinking that he's a guard. I really appreciate that. Um, Charger fans are going to enjoy watching him play left tackle for the Chargers for the next decade. And Asante Samuel Jr., uh, you know, before the season even started, we thought that this was going to take some time for this guy to be able to work in, learn the defense, be confident. That did not take place. I think he showed right away that he deserves to to play at this level, that um, that he can, that he is capable of playing at this level, and that he's going to get better. I mean, he, he's still a young player. He still has those lapses from time to time, but he had that ability to make a bad play, erase it, and then go out there and make a good play. And I think that just shows you the content of his character and how he's going to go out there and go about his business you definitely got a lot more contributions from this rookie class than any kind of class that I can remember in recent history. Well, and I think the thing you see with a lot of these guys, too, is a clear role. Like even yeah. Trey McKitty, he came on strong and was, you know, their best easily blocking tight end that they had yeah. towards the end of the year, especially when that wasn't something that Jared Cook, right, or even Donna Parham ever really excelled in and, you know. It, Josh Palmer, you feel like he can be a starting wide receiver as a third round pick, and he obviously showed some really good things as well. And then you have, you know, a guy who made a plays on a lot of footballs with Asante Samuel Jr. Even some of the plays he got beat on, he was really close to making a play. And I thought, yeah. you know, you have something there. And Brandon Staley said, do you feel like you have something there you can build around? And that's a good thing to take away 
from a second round pick. And for the rest of the guys, you know, after that, the Larry Roundtrees of the world, Chris Rump, you know, all the other Mark Webb guys that they had later on in the draft, you didn't get a ton from those guys. I mean, Chris Rump, Nick Neiman, you got a lot of special teams value out of those guys. They, yeah. they got a lot better. I mean, it was a rough start for them on special teams. But you at least see the roles there for them. You see Trey McKitty as a guy who can go forward as your blocking tight end. You see Josh Palmer as a guy who can go be a wide receiver three at the very least right now with the production he had his rookie season. And you look back to the year before, yeah, you got Justin Herbert, but is there another player from the 2020 draft class that you think is going to be a starter for the Chargers at any point going forward? Nope. Kenneth Murray is the closest, right? But like you didn't get, I mean, you you feel terribly about him right now. And we'll talk, you know, about that for sure. But like, you can't feel good about that. So then you go to the next pick. That's Josh Kelly. You definitely know he's buried on the depth chart now and hasn't really shown anything through two years. You have Joe Reed, who's been on the practice squad all year and couldn't make this season's roster. Then you have KJ Hill as a seventh round pick as well. And then Alohi Gilman, which is probably the closest thing that you have. Yeah, to yeah I would give a little credit to Lo- Alohi Gilman. I, I think sure. he definitely came in and made some plays this year and, and played better than we kind of expected. So it gives some credit to Alohi. Yeah, I mean, I think you saw how much they missed him, right? Yep. When it was Trey Marshall out there instead of him, especially in those dime packages. I think that's probably one of the biggest compliments you can give to him. He had some nice plays, even in that Raiders game, that third down where he drove and made that tackle. That was a pretty nice tackle that, you know, it was almost stopped. It. I, mean, I think it might have been fourth down where they, yeah, you that know, was a great play. He just yeah. drove on it and just took off like a missile and took, took him down. That was a beautiful play. Right. But like that, like we said, like you maybe have one guy you potentially see as a starter. And a lot of those guys just don't even have roles with the team anymore. I mean, Alohi Gilman, Kenneth Murray, and Josh we've seen Kelly, that too to many times with the Tom Telesco yeah. drafts of the last five to seven years. Well, and that's all just to say that, I mean, you feel like you had a pretty successful draft class from what you've seen through one year. Brendan Hymas, we don't know about at right. this point. And, that, and that's the hard thing is you don't know what if how much you need to keep adding at at least a depth position at guard because we don't really know how they feel about Brendan Hymas at this point. But you don't feel like he's ready to go start instead of Odeabushi, you know, at this point. I keep saying at this point. But yes, a lot of things are happening at this point. But there is another thing I want to talk about, too. And we talked about it a little bit with Mike Williams and just the guys the Chargers have to bring back or will he get franchise tag in. If you're going based on Brandon Staley's you know, reaction to being asked about Mike Williams, you have a pretty good inclination that you think they're going to want him back. He said that he thought he proved himself in a big way. I think he proved to the league and you guys. He's a complete receiver inside and outside. And he also just talked about his ability to score the ball and says some guys don't do that. Yeah, I mean, that is something he's been able to do. Yeah, you know, a lot of nine touchdowns is a great amount of touchdowns from a wide receiver. That's not easy to do. And he also talked about his durability leading to his chemistry with Justin Herbert. And I think that that's one of the things that is underrated about Mike Williams is the chemistry that he has with Justin Herbert. And I think that was put on display in a big way. So even though he's not the best guy creating separation and all of those things, there is a certain value that he brings by when you need a big play, he's coming through for you more times than not. And Justin Herbert, feels really good about where Mike Williams is going to be when he has to make that big throw like he did on fourth and 10 in overtime for 47 yards, like he did with no time left in the game, right, to complete that touchdown catch. And before that, even where he's just throwing it right out of Mike Williams' break to convert another fourth down. So I think what we learned from this, David, is that he Mike Williams is coming back. When the coach says something like, you know, that performance is something I'm going to remember for a long time, you have to imagine they're coming back. On the flip side of that, though, is that, 
obviously, you know, he has to kind of say that right now, but what is that going to cost you? So I think that's kind of where things get hung up. Yeah, for sure. I, I think for Mike Williams, he's earned a contract. Uh, I, I think he's throughout, you know, his first contract with the Chargers, he's made big play after big play after big play. And it's clear that whoever's throwing the football, they trust Mike Williams to go out there and make a play. And, and he has done that a lot of the times he's played hurt. Uh, the organization loves him. They've said it on many different occasions. It's echoed by you know your your new head coach here with Brandon Staley. So I think they're honestly you know the way I'm feeling right now. I think they're going to come come to the table and do a long term deal. I, I think that's where it's trending. Uh, and I know there's some people that are apprehensive about that, but I, I think the confidence level from the organization and from Justin Herbert clearly, whenever there's a one on one situation or when they need a big play, uh, lately it seems like the ball's been going to Mike Williams. The only reason I'm raising my hand as a person who's a little apprehensive is just this is the most complete season we've seen him from him as from a production standpoint for sure, but from a durability standpoint as well of you know being available and being good when you're out there, not just you know making it to active on game day, which we've seen from him in other seasons. And I think it's just hard when you're looking roster construction wise. Obviously, at 72 million doesn't feel as good. You know when it's 54 million or whatever the math is on that, but. I think it's the other thing is just can you have two receivers making near twenty million per season on your roster and still be able to make the rest of the moves that we know this team needs to make to be able to be a Super Bowl contender. This and, might be the only time that they can do it with Justin Herbert on a rookie contract. They're, this is the. But does it mean window. that's the best place to spend the money? That's the point, that's right? The whether question, whether, you, right? whether you can fit it or not is obviously an issue in most you know years you'd have to worry about that more than you do this year with all that cap space but is giving him the multi-year extension going to continue to keep this as a roster that you can have the flexibility to add because there's a lot of positions they need to add to as well we've talked about many times how this is an incomplete roster and a lot of other guys are going to have to be brought back as well like Uchenin Wosu right who had his best game of the season at the best possible time That's I mean awesome. think about Mike Williams and Uchenin yeah. Just the last game of the season with a big bag on the line. Just both. They're just going to send that straight to huge the Chargers plays. organization in the form of a tape. Hey guys, just want to let you know this is what I just got done. Don't doing forget for what I did in that Don't last forget. game. But I was also very interested to hear what he had to say about struggling players as well, with two guys who it's hard to dispute that they have been struggling, and Michael Davis and Jerry Tillery. So we'll get into that. But I do need to tell you guys that with the Super Bowl coming up and the playoffs coming up, the only place you should be placing any bets or with betonline.ag. And BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as they continue their march towards the playoffs and beyond. And this is the best time because you have every game lined up to where it's not even really hard to bet on games because there's like one game at a time throughout the playoffs and every game's a primetime game. And you can literally have bets going the entire game and make the other teams that you don't care about as much you know, you'll start caring a lot more when you're watching and seeing if the over hits deep in the fourth quarter. And the best place to get the best lines, the best props, if you want to make your own props, the best odds that you're going to find out there, you have to go to betonline.ag. They have a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus since you guys are our listeners with the promo code locked on. So that's free money for you guys to play with during this playoff run and for the Super Bowl, the biggest day to bet of all for me, especially as a football fan. But from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the opportunities that they have for you guys on the website for the 2022 season because BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
I was going to tell you guys, of course, I can't finish the show without talking about my favorite protein bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Maybe, dare I say, even better than a candy bar because you feel much better while you're eating it. I mean, when you're getting something that tastes like a candy bar instead of something that's chalky, waxy, or even tastes like a chemical spill, you're going to feel a lot better about it, especially when it fits in with your New Year's resolutions. I mean, New Year's resolutions are hard enough when you're eating things that taste like cardboard. Take a little bit off your plate, find a built bar because they are going to taste great and they're going to fit with whatever diet you're doing because all of them are high in protein, high in fiber while being low in carbs and low on sugar. So if you guys need something that's going to get you through the day while also not giving you something that tastes so bad that it's going to ruin the rest of your day, the only protein bar to go to is built bar. And we haven't even talked about the flavors because there's so many good flavors to choose from. I always tell you guys, I'm a peanut butter brownie guy. I'm a cookies and cream guy. Some of the limited time flavors have made me, you know, rethink my allegiances. But you could also go salted caramel. You could also go cherry barcia. You could also go mint brownie, which is my fiance's favorite. You're going to find one that you like, especially if you get the mixed box where you can try all the bars, find out which one's your favorite, and then just keep buying boxes from there. And that's how I have to do it because mine gets stolen all the time. And they're just so good. It's hard to go without them. I get upset when I don't have them. But the nice thing is we can even save you guys some money because if you go to built.com right now, you can save 15% off your order with the promo code LOCKED15. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word to start saving money on the best protein bar on the planet at built.com. All right, David. So there's a couple more people we want to talk about here today that were commented on by Brandon Staley. And I want to talk about the struggling guys first because there's a couple to get into. I thought it was very interesting what he said about Michael Davis. First of all, because he just went through like a litany of things that he's like, it's not just being good at one thing. It's being good at these 10 different things, which, you know, reading between the lines makes you think, okay, well, he obviously thinks Michael Davis has a lot to improve on. But it seemed like the biggest thing was, David, is like, you're not going to be able to do all the things you were able to do in Gus Bradley's heavy cover three system. You have to work on your technique. You have to work on the man match coverages and things like that and all the fine nuances of Brandon Staley's defense. And obviously, he seems like at this point, David, he feels like Michael Davis has a lot of room to grow in those areas. And what he said was, I know, I think he knows now fully where he needs to go with his game within our defense, which basically to me kind of said, I think you thought you knew where you had to be as a player, but in this defense, I'm going to need you to tap into way more of all these other things like open field tackling and crack and replace and all your different responsibilities that you have now. And you're going to have to take your game to a new level, which is something he struggled to do in 2021. Yeah, he's like, hey, you were, you were playing word search uh, in the cover three Gus Bradley defense. Now we're playing Sudoku. I mean, it's going to be a lot playing checkers. More now they're playing chess. Yeah, Exactly. It's going to be a lot more difficult. Brandon Staley's defense is a lot more difficult, a lot more intricate, a lot more techniques that you have to master to be able to go out there and execute that type of defense, that exotic type of defense that Brandon Staley wants to play. And so I think now Michael Davis has a very clear understanding of all of the aspects that Brandon Staley is asking his corners to be able to master to play corner at the level that he is expecting in his defense. And he also talked about Jerry Tillery, too, who is obviously on the hot list of guys who, I mean, at this point now we've seen three seasons. And it's obviously tough. And Brandon Staley talked about this because his first year he's hurt. Second year he'd played in a non-Brandon Staley defense and played a lot on the edge. And now this year he's playing a brand new defense for the first time. And I think this kind of goes to my theory with like the Trey Pipkins thing as well, where you saw him be terrible in the preseason. Then he got a lot better throughout this season. And Brandon Staley said he had a big jump after the bye week. I'm not going to buy that, but I'm going to buy that he could find some things that he could improve on. 
But it was also interesting to see, you know, that he had a conversation with Jerry Tillery a couple of weeks ago, according to Brandon Staley. But I think with with this defense, it's like they're tearing these players down and teaching them entirely new things. And he said that he loves the effort from Jerry Tillery, but that he's got to be obviously more consistent. And he said, I think having a full offseason is going to be significant. I really liked coaching him. I expect him to improve in a big way. And I think the tough thing about that, David, is just, I get that. And I mean, there is, you know, a possibility that, yeah, he, he learned a lot being in a new defense. He has a much better understanding where more use words that Brandon Saley use of where he needs to get to play on this defense and that he can improve a lot. But then problem is, is like what he's seeing in Michael Davis and Jerry Tillery, as far as the improvements that he thinks they're going to make, is that going to make them wait longer to take a defensive tackle in the draft potentially or spend less on it in free agency? Is that going to make them take a, corner on day three instead of on day two you know so like as much as i believe him that he thinks these guys can improve and obviously there's a lot of room for improvement at a certain time though you can't rely on these players anymore you can throw kenneth murray in there as well to get these results right because at a certain time they're just not good enough or they don't fit in your scheme no matter how much you coach them yeah i mean i think to be fair to uh, to jerry tillery this is on, this is gonna only was his first year in this defense with brandon staley it was so. everyone's first year in this yeah. defense Right, for sure. Besides but, the guys they brought in. But Jerry Tillery has been who he has been in his entire career with the Chargers, an inconsistent player. We've seen some bursts and flashes of brilliance here and there as a pass rusher. We've seen some, a couple of decent snaps against the run. It's just been an issue of consistency. But he, we know what we, we need to see from Jerry Tillery. He needs to learn how to shed blocks better. He needs to know how to take on double teams better. Uh, he needs to be more a more consistent pass rusher. I think we've seen some things that you can take uh, and move forward with, but there's still a lot with his game. And this is year three going into year four for him. So uh, the Chargers can't look at this and his situation and think, oh, he's going to improve. You know, we can wait. Uh, he wasn't enough. I mean, they, they need to add more talent to the defensive line. They can't look at him and say, oh, you know, he's going to improve to the point to where we, we, we can put that off. And the same thing with Michael Davis, even with Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. on the field, they need more corners. They need right. more young, more athletic, more speedy corners. They need more speed on that defense. Yeah, they need I mean, I think both those Chris guys Harris are plenty Jr. fast enough. It was Chris Harris who was the, the slow one of the group for sure. Right, yeah. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, I'm just saying as a whole, they need to get, they need to add yeah. more de- defensive backs to this to this defense, just period, regardless of the level of play of Michael Davis or not. Yeah, I mean, for both of them, for Michael Davis, I mean, and Jerry Tillery, I mean, yeah. there's a lot that they're going to have to improve on. And just as a whole, even with those guys who you already had this year, it does need to be a lot faster. And Jerry Tillery's case is being more physical at the point of attack, which is just something he hasn't shown that he can do consistently, which is why no matter whether he improves or not, you have to add to that defensive line. Exactly. And you probably still have to bring back somebody like Justin Jones instead of trying to replace him because you know that at this point you can't, you know where you're getting from Jerry Tillery. And he said, hey, you know, now that Jerry Tillery knows his identity as a player, which I guess he didn't know until late this season, you know, now he knows where he needs to get to, and he didn't really have a true understanding of that. We'll see, because the thing is, is one of the things that Brandon Staley deservedly took heat for this season was playing Kenneth Murray too much and playing Jerry Tillery enough. So the real question is, is if they don't hit the places that you expect them to be, are you willing to put the next guy up, which is something he seemed to show in Los Angeles with the Rams, but not in Los Angeles with the Chargers at times last season, even though Kenneth Murray did lose his spot to Drew Tranquil. I just 
when you see that last game and how much they had him on the field, it just makes you start questioning everything. Yeah. But let's talk about one guy he had a lot of positive things to say about, and that's Uchenin Wosu, who deserves it. And I think is you yeah. know put himself very high on the list of guys that have to come back. And he said that he had a really fantastic game for them. He can rush the passer. He can really set the set the edge in the run front. And that was what was equally as impressive as his pass rush, maybe even more so with his ability in the running game and the plays that he made, especially early on in that Raiders game. And he said, hopefully we'll be able to work with him. Thought he was one of the bright spots on the defense. And I would agree. It was easily Uchen and Wosu's best season. And there was a lot of inconsistencies there as well. But he did more than flash. Like, I mean, he had as many flashes in that last game, you know, almost probably as many as Jerry Tillery had throughout the season, potentially, you know. So, like, he is a guy that Brandon Staley, I would think, would try to get back, especially because I don't know what the price tag is going to be just because the low total number of pressures, the low number of, you know, sacks, obviously, but he does seem like he's an important piece to bring back, even knowing, even with him, you still have to add to the edge rusher position. Well, unlike Jerry Tillery, who he said improved quite a lot after the bye week, I think this is a guy in, with Uchen and Wosu who really did improve a lot uh, towards the latter end of the season. I think you saw, you know, those last four or five games, he really started to come into his own and he really was starting to make his mark on the defense and on yeah. the team with his play. So um, I really would love to to have Chen and Wosu back. I, I think this is a guy who is still going to get better. I think he, he's going to add some more sack numbers as he gets more comfortable in this defense. And as they have more impact players in the middle of that defense, uh, I think that's really going to help him really raise his game where, where it definitely can go. Well, and that's the thing, too, is like we can't really sit here and blame Joey Bosa for the low sack total for no. where we kind of expect him to be, right? Because of right. all the other limitations and, you know, the lack of interior pass rush, which has to be a lot better. But, yeah, I think the impressive things, like you saw everything he could do in Brandon yeah. Staley's defense, which was fire off the edge on the backside and chase down a running back behind the line of scrimmage. Bat passes down on the outside to shut down some of the quick passing game that hurt the Chargers at times. I mean, that was a couple of really big plays that he had, was jumping up and knocking the ball down. We saw that a lot more at USC than we did in his first years under the Anthony Lynn, you know, Gus Bradley era. So I think that was the exciting thing is you saw how many different ways they could use him and him become that well-rounded player. And I just don't know if you can afford to be letting those guys down, even with or letting those guys go, even with you know, the disappointing pressure numbers. And, you know, the other thing about the pressure, too, is like you better have guys that can cover people on the back end because it's really hard to get pressure when guys are getting beat off the line and getting beat on short routes and getting beat in coverage. That really, you know, makes it tough for Joey Bosa and guys like Uchen and Wosu to get home. And Brandon Stavio talks about that, those things going hand in hand. The run defense helps out the pass rushers, which helps out the secondary, and it all just has to be better. But impact players, whether you bring Uchen back or not, are needed on that defense. So this will be a huge off season. We'll see if they put their money where their mouth is, you know, and actually go add those impact players that, cause you feel like if you can get that improvement out of the defense, the offense is going to be fine. You know, you have most of the offensive line in, in place, you know, that upgrade in the right side, that should be a lot better after this upcoming off season. You have There's a lot, a lot of those less other guys. work to do on the offense as opposed to the defense. Yeah. And I mean, that can just make this such a more well-rounded team, which I think is, you know, worth three or four potential more wins than they got this year when you're giving up the amount of points that the charge we're giving up, but there's going to be so much to get into for the rest of this off season. And I'm excited to be here to cover it and, you know, diagnose and break down all the players that the Chargers could get. And obviously who they end up with and how much better they can really get. And if they can make this, a Super Bowl contending team and a Super Bowl contending roster. Tom Telesco has a lot riding on it. So 
that'll be so much fun. And we'll see how much we hear from Brandon Staley going forward. But always a delight to hear at the press conference. Like, even though there's so many people who just bash Staley, you know, and like I can't, you know, make a huge argument on fact, you know, in part of the defense, on the part of the defense. But like this dude, I mean, as a head coach, what he did with the offense and continuing Justin Herbert's, you know, progression in his career. What he did as as a coach and all the you know how many less late game blunders and time management issues we saw under him than with Anthony Lynn, like mm-hmm. I would follow this guy if he was my coach, and that's only part of the battle. But like that part, he has down. But that is going to do it for today's show. We'll be back with you guys on Monday as always. We definitely want to get into some season recap and get into some of the biggest games from last year. Get out some yearly awards and things like that, and get into some voicemails if you guys want to get in on that action. The number is three two three five two four. 7924 and we'll be getting into some voicemail soon for sure if you guys want to make sure you miss never miss a show make sure to subscribe to the new locked on charges youtube channel which we appreciate you guys checking that out and also find the show wherever you get your podcast from whether that's spotify apple Podcasts, and if you guys ever can't find it on any of the big platforms you can go to our link tree which is on all of our social media to find different ways to get the show sometimes it randomly doesn't show up places which is something that we don't know why it's some magical place where like lost in between some couch cushions or something, but you can always find that link on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dan talk sports, Dave Drogmeyer on Twitter at Drotalk SD and the show's page at locked on LAC, as well as our locked on chargers, Instagram page at locked on chargers and our locked on chargers, Facebook page, but excited to see where this team can go. Cause obviously they're on the brink of being a really, really good team. If they've just make the right moves this off season, we'll see how it goes, but we'll back with you guys on Monday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.